You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Dallas out of timeouts. Memphis by two. 1.8 remaining. Got to get it in. Here's Luca. Gets it away. It's gone. A Doncic dagger. He went to the three. As he was stumbling, he somehow got it to go. It looked like his foot was behind the line, and he released it in time. Oh, yeah. That's a three, and he got it away in time. That's good. That's a win. What a shot. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski on the BetQL Audio Network. That was a ridiculous game winner from Luca last night. Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat, you've got BetQL Daily. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at BetQL Daily. You can listen to the show live weekdays, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time on the Odyssey app. You can watch us on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page or check us out 1430 in Denver, 1059 FM HD2 in Chicago, 931 FM HD3. In Los Angeles. Let's bring in Bobby Marks from ESPN. He's their front office insider, spent 20 years in the association. You can follow him on Twitter at Bobby Marks42 at Bobby Marks42. Uh, Bobby, let, let's start with the Nets. A lot of people were excited about last night's game, then many of the superstars. It's been a common theme this year. Uh, not on the court. In a perfect world, if you're Brooklyn, how much time would you like to see the big three on the court uh, before starting the postseason? Yeah, I mean, I think in a, in a perfect world, you'd probably, um, you know, we're, I guess, a couple of weeks away from May. I think you'd like to use those last two weeks in in May before the playoffs start to, um, you know, get these guys on the court healthy. Um, you know, I certainly understood the decision last night with not playing Kevin Durant. and I And I said it yesterday, like, for Brooklyn and they've showed it all year that seeding to them doesn't mean anything. Um, you know, there'll be one, two or three. Uh, I don't think home court advantage means much at all this year based on what capacity it's going to be. And we'll see what happens from a matchup standpoint. But um, yeah, I mean, I think in a, in a perfect world, you would certainly like to use the last two weeks of the regular season, almost like, I guess, almost like a condensed mini camp training camp, to get all three players, um, all three players on the court. Let's flip it over to the Western Conference real quick, just to piggyback of what you said that uh, seating doesn't really seem to matter too much to Brooklyn. How much does it matter to the LA Lakers? They would be the five right now, taking on the Nuggets, uh, the four seed. After they lose Murray for the season, some sports books they had him fourteen to one to win the title. Now they're out to a hundred to one after the Murray injury. Uh, do you think the Lakers are good being in that four or five matchup? I think they're good anywhere up except for seven to 10. <laughs> I think yes. if you're in that one to six range and you have, you can, uh, and I think they will. I, I think, you know, there was some talk, I guess, 
you know, when LeBron and AD were hurt and they were stumbling that, you know, they could possibly slide back to this in that, I guess that seven um, range. I just don't trust the teams behind them enough to go on, um, you know, start a, a long run here to, to push them back here. And I think they'll, they'll tread water until they get these two guys back. So I don't, I don't think seeding matters for them. I think the, the goal all along has been the, if you have LeBron and AD on the court, and now you have a little more, um, you know, a comfort level as far as what your bench is going to be in, in some of the surrounding pieces. We saw them have a couple of good wins in Brooklyn and Charlotte um, the other night that um, like Brooklyn, you know, just get these guys healthy when it comes to mid-May. And they, they've been in, you know, situations before, you know, certainly last year in the bubble that you kind of know what you have. So I don't think if it means, you know, they're going to face the Clippers in round one or the, you know, Nuggets in round one. Um, they, they like kind of what they have as long as they're healthy. Bobby, in your opinion, uh, in the Eastern Conference, who is a tougher matchup for the Nets in a seven-game series? Would it be Milwaukee or would it be Philadelphia? I think Philadelphia just because of the Embiid factor. I mean, you know, I think they will have their hands full with uh, Joel with if it's DeAndre Jordan or Nick Claxton or maybe even Blake Griffin. I think that's, you know, I mean, you know, Joel will give you 35 to 40. I mean, that's kind of where he is at this stage of his, his career here. And if they've got their shooters with Curry and Tobias Harris, um, you know, guys like that out there, I think that kind of gives them um, a little bit of a um, a tougher matchup than p- potentially what maybe um, what Milwaukee can do here. But I, I still like, you know, I, I like the Nets. I mean, anytime you have three closers, uh, you know, high level closers at the end of these games, when the game does get will slow down a little bit, um, you know, I'll take my, my chances with that, but yeah, I would think, I would think Philadelphia kind of would, would be the toughest test out of, um, you know, between them and Milwaukee. So if it's another playoff exit for Milwaukee before they reach the finals, you know, two years ago, they had the best record in the NBA. They have a two Oh series lead in the Eastern conference finals. Then they blow it to the Raptors last year, different situation because they were in a bubble. What would be the next move? You know, would it be kind of a championship or bust? Like maybe Mike Budenholzer, they move on because he doesn't make the proper adjustments in the playoffs because you look at it and they kind of have their version of their big three with Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis. But if they don't get to the finals again for a third straight year, do you almost feel like they kind of have to, I don't want to say blow it up. They just signed Giannis to a supermax, but maybe kind of move on and try something different. Yeah. I mean, that's usually the fall guy. Usually it's the head coach. Um, I would say probably um, getting to an Eastern conference finals. I think they have to get to an Eastern conference finals because this roster is locked in. Um, you have the honest supermax that will is set to begin you just signed um, Drew Holiday to this $135 million uh, extension that will start next year. Chris Middleton's still under contract. So you've got you know, three guys that are making $105 million. You'll be in a luxury tax um, for for next season. Your your options are limited. You don't have a first-round pick. Um, so they will be judged not based on what happens in the regular season, but what happens in the uh, when, what happens in the playoffs. And you they will face – in a second round, a, um, you know, a Brooklyn, likely a Brooklyn or, um, you know, Philadelphia team. So um, I would think they'd have to get to, um, you'd have to get to an Eastern conference finals, unless it's a series where like we saw a couple of years ago, a Toronto Philly series where something ridiculous happens at the end and you've got a Kawhi buzzer beater to win in in game seven, then maybe you, you kind of, you know, you bring back as far as with, with your coach, but yeah, I mean, I think he'll be, uh, you know, certainly scrutinized as far as what happens uh, in the postseason. With Bobby Marks, ESPN front office insider, this is BetQL Daily Joe Ostrowski. 
and Ryan Horvat with you. And uh, Bobby, we all know the postseason is a different animal. Uh, regular season wins are nice, uh, but when you get to the playoffs, we look to experience any coaches uh, that you're unsure of once we get to the playoffs. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Well, I mean, I think Phoenix is interesting because everyone is saying, you know, how inexperienced this this team is besides, you know, Chris Paul. And I know Monty has certainly brought a New Orleans team, uh, you know, to the playoffs before. But it's it's a different, you know, it's a, it's a little bit different when you are, they're going to probably be the, at least a two seed. Maybe they can get to one and, and catch Utah here when you're kind of that top seed. Um, the expectation level kind of goes through the roof. So I, I would say maybe keep your eye maybe on Phoenix. I, but I, I, I do like what they I – mean, I like their roster. I like their coach. I think they can go far here. But maybe from an in, – probably from an inexperienced standpoint with regards to kind of being the, um, the hunted instead of, you know, the hunter – um, you know, that would be, I guess, a little bit of, um, you know, a little bit of my concern as far as with that, with it, with the Suns. What do you do for Denver? What sort of conversations are they having internally? Nobody's going to feel sorry for you. That's, that's the conversation I'm having, you know, with uh, you, you have a kind of a 24 hour morning period and they, they got over it and they had a good win last night over, um, over Miami, um, but nobody in the Western Conference will feel sorry for this group here. And you are going to have to have uh, Jokic play like an MVP. You are going to have to play, have Michael Porter Jr. play as your second best player. Um, and hopefully your, you know, your role players, which is their bench with, you know, um, you know, guys like that will, will step up. You know, the eyes will be on Monty Morris as far as from, you know, goes into that starting point guard position. They've got an open roster spot. Certainly Austin Rivers has been linked there, but they've been through it before. They've been counted out before last year. Certainly this is a lot different when you take, you know, Jamal Murray off, off, um, off your roster for the remainder of the season. Bob, do you still feel like maybe, you know, last season, I think we hyped up the Clippers and obviously they were a disappointment in the bubble, mainly Paul George, but he's been great this year. I see them as legit title contenders. Do you think maybe we're sleeping on them? Do you see them as title contenders? Yeah. I mean, the stigma of the bubble is kind of still uh, hanging over, um, hanging over their head. I think it's another team as far as just get those two guys healthy, Kawhi and Paul healthy in, in, in mid-May. Paul's played really well, but they will be judged based on what ha- what happens starting in mid-May, not what happens in the, in the regular season. But you've got the addition of Rondo. Uh, Beverly's hurt. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. I think DeMarcus Cousins will be there for the, for the long haul. Some of your you know, guys like Terrence Mann, who, you know, were not a factor last year, has played really well coming off, um, off your bench. Um, so I do think we probably have counted them out based on what happened in uh, Orlando last year. But they, they should be considered – you know, certainly a contender, just like the Lakers and um, Utah, and, 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 and you know, probably we'll put Phoenix in that equation. Who do you see? Is there a team out there, maybe Atlanta or you know, in the West, it's probably Phoenix. But is there a sneaky team like last year? I kept sleeping on Miami the entire regular season. 
And then we get into the bubble, and then there they are in the NBA Finals. I mean, they were just great in the bubble. Is there a team like that that you see out there in the league, maybe in the East or in the West, that we're kind of maybe sleeping on, or maybe they're up and coming, but they can make some noise in the playoffs? I don't know about sleeping, but I'm intrigued by a little bit by Boston. You know, just because they've had such an, an up-and-down year. They've won, I think, six of seven. You know, Tatum and Brown uh, are playing really well. I mean, Tatum is playing all-NBA level right now. Um if they can figure it out when it comes to the playoffs and, you know, get a little bit of help from your bench and have some type of identity, they're going to be a tough out. The, the, the problem is that they will probably face, um, you know, probably maybe Brooklyn in the first round or maybe uh, Milwaukee in the first round, unless they can get up, you know, if they stay in that, that four to five range, and then you could be looking at an Atlanta uh, Boston first round series, which would be really, uh, really intriguing. Um, the Hawks are interesting just because, how well they played of late with Nate uh, McMillan as the head coach. We get Trey Young in a, in a playoff series. Um, they've got some experience with Gallinari and, and guys like uh, Lou Williams there. So um, that four-five matchup is going to be that's going to be an interesting one, probably more than what we get out of two-seven or one-eight. With the ESPN front office insider Bobby Marks, this is BetQL Daily. Joe Ostrowski, Ryan Horvat, uh, Bobby. I may be a moron for multiple reasons we can go on and on but uh am i a moron for making the case yesterday on the show that with 41 games Lamelo ball could still be our rookie of the year he'd have my vote if i had a vote i i mm. I, I just I, I think it's i think it's just the process of elimination i think the 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 award is there for someone to come get and there's nobody you know anthony edwards has been there's been nights where he's been really good, and then there are nights where he's all over the place. Um, you know, guys like um, Halliburton last night goes three for 13 in Sacramento. Um, I just don't see anybody else standing out out of this. Um, you know, Wiseman's out for the year. I don't see anybody standing out um, or, or who, you know, yeah, if there was a guy out there who had played 65, 70 games and, you know, was, was maybe not putting up what Lamelo did, but, you know, a little bit below, then I would say, yeah, based on durability. But, I'm not just going to give Anthony Edwards the rookie of the year or, or Halliburton rookie of the year because they played 65 games and Lamel played, you know, 41 games. So if it was, um, if it was today, I'd still vote for um, Lamel ball as far as rookie of the year. Love it. Love it. I hope you're right. Um, unfortunate news comes out this morning. LaMarcus Aldridge, he uh, retires due to a health scare and, and any words on Aldridge overall and, uh, his career, like some of these numbers, when you look at it, when it's all said and done, just eye popping. Yeah, I mean, you forget that he. Well, I think he took nineteen thousand plus points in his yep. career, which is remarkable. Um, you know what? Uh, you know, I'll, we'll probably remember him more for what he did in uh, Portland um, than you know San Antonio, as far as some of those those really good Portland teams. Um, but yeah, I you know, an Hall of Famer. Uh, dis- it's a disappointment just because of. You know, he had, you know, shaved a lot of money off that, that buyout. I think he left about uh, $7 million on a table in San Antonio to go to Brooklyn to try to win a championship. And um, I appreciate him that he kind of put his health in front of him in, instead of kind of, you know, win that, you know, win that championship here. And um, he'll retire healthy. You know, I think the other side of it, you know, that he would have been forced out, um, not on his own, you know, on his own will, but something that really could have been catastrophic here Bobby can you make the case for anybody besides Jokic to win the MVP this year it's hard 
I mean, I you know, I think Jokic could could get some separation over these next month because he's going to be asked to do a lot of things here, and I think he he might run away with this thing um, unless you know Embiid goes off the rails, and you know I think we can discount LeBron. I think we can discount um, Harden. I think there's there's voter fatigue on Giannis. Chris Paul's a good story. Lillard's a good story. Doncic's a good story, but. Um, Jokic is my, you know, he's he's my guy for MVP. Bobby Marks at Bobby Marks forty two on Twitter, ESPN front office insider. Thanks uh, as always, Bobby. We'll talk as we get closer and closer to playoffs. Hopefully, thanks guys, appreciate it. Good stuff from Bobby Marks because I agree with everything he had to say. Me too. Rookie of the year, Lamelo. Come on, plus two hundred value still there. Yeah, I might. You know what? I might join you. I knew it. How did how did I know it? Ostrowski and Horvat, we're going to take a look at this evening's NBA slate. It's a shortened slate, but maybe there are different ways via player props uh, to take a bet, or maybe sides or totals that we like. This is BetQL Daily. Keep it locked into the BetQL Audio Network.